Welcome to episode 61 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by my husband and frequent podcast contributor, Jordan Jones. Jordan and I will be chatting about March Madness and the out-of-print clothing book bracket, but before we get started, I just wanted to give you your weekly friendly reminder to rate and review us on iTunes. Every rating or review puts us up higher in the iTunes rankings, and that really helps other people find out about the bookshelf and about the podcast. So in the show notes, you will find a link to some instructions on how to rate or review the podcast. It's very easy, and I hope that you'll do that for us so that we can spread the word about what we are doing here in Thomasville. All right, let's get started. Hi, Jordan. Hey. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad to be here. Um, we were finally able to do some looking, um, some research, I guess, about our podcast statistics. And one of the most popular episodes last year was our March Madness episode. So congratulations. Wow. I don't know if it was because I was on it or because it was March Madness. I don't know. Hard, hard to tell. I think maybe it was because of me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm really kidding. Welcome to the world of interpreting, um, online uh, statistics. It's real, real fun. Um, but we are smack dab in the middle of March Madness in basketball terminology. Um, here in our house, we take March Madness pretty seriously. Do you want to give listeners a little, um, kind of play by play on how we do March Madness in our house? Yeah. So ever since I've known Annie, ever since, um, even going back to our dating years, uh, we've each filled out a bracket and, um, to try to predict, the 64 and now 68 teams and how they would do in March Madness, uh, talking about NCAA basketball, of course. And um, the first six years, um, I won. And then since then, Annie has, since we got married, she's been taking more wins um, than I would like her to. And then what we do is we watch the games, and then every night I give a recap of what has gone on, and I, you know, I do it as if I'm a a you know, sportscaster sports or something. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. We set up a couple of TVs. Our friends come over. It, it's a lot of fun. I would like, however, some credit because I introduced you to the March Madness bracket. I know that you watched basketball before meeting me, but I would like the record to show that you had never filled out a bracket prior to 2005 when we met and I thought it would be fun to fill one out together, correct? The record shows that, and now right. it's immortalized. I know. Now it's on the podcast. So yeah. um, so here's the deal. Just like last year, um, Out of Print Clothing Company, they design these great t-shirts with book covers on them. Um, the proceeds go to building libraries across the world um, in areas that need them. It's a great company. We sell their um, clothes, their shirts at the bookshelf. Um, you can find them online at outofprintclothing.com. We'll put a link, th- link in the show notes. Um, but every year they do a book March Madness bracket. And so um, lots of companies, I think, kind of get on board with this concept of narrowing down the field of whatever their product or, or, or thing might be. And it really works well with books. It's really fun. And last year, Jordan and I kind of worked our way through the bracket to kind of tell what our predictions or what our favorites would be. This year, to keep it a little shorter, a little um, more in line with the length of the podcast, we're going to go through the bracket, but I am going to narrow it down and kind of focus our discussion on book pairings that I know we will have heard of because there are quite a few books on this bracket that I haven't heard of. No offense, Jordan, but I think that's going to mean you haven't heard of them either. (laughs) What are you saying? (laughs) So um, I thought we would work our way through some of those. 
So this year, Out of Print Clothing has decided to do a um, 21st century classics bracket, meaning books, contemporary classics, I think is what they're calling them, um, books published in the 21st century. So a lot of these titles are fairly recent, and I thought we would work our way through the first um, segment of the bracket. How do we want to say that? The first quadrant. Region. The first region yeah. is the New York Public Library list. Um, and I'm just going to, we're going to highlight a few of these, and you and I can kind of talk about which would make our our bracket. So. And, and do we have a bet on this? But Because... Basically, with our March Madness bet, we used to, the loser used to have to eat fruits and vegetables and drink only water for two days. Um, it was quite an interesting thing. Do we, do we have a bet on um, this? So here is my thought. At least in March Madness for NCAA basketball, winners are determined by skill level, luck. You know, you actually get to watch these um, these basketball teams perform. Right. Um, this is based on popular vote. And okay. no offense, but I am really wary of anything based on popular vote, including American politics. So is this just a bunch of introverts <laughs> so, sitting in their rooms clicking on the book that they like? I am not going to deny that. <laughs> like, I think that could be accurate. Okay. I will say I did fill out one of these brackets. Unfortunately, by the time this episode goes live, it'll go live on Thursday morning, March, I think, 24th. It, unfortunately, by the time this goes live, the brackets will have already closed. So this is kind of just for me and you. Okay, I did right. fill one out um, because prizes are at stake. But because it's based on popular vote, I kind of feel like, eh, why, yeah, why I, bet? That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> if it was truly based on, like, recognition or award-winning, you know, maybe. But since it's just based on popular vote, this is just between me and you. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so in the New York Public Library library quadrant, um, we have the first matchup is Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie versus Life After Life by Kate Atkinson. Um, so Jordan, I can tell by the look on your face that these are not titles you are super familiar with. I will tell not. you, you probably are familiar with Americana because I read it a few months ago and oh, loved yeah. it. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Um, it was... This wonderful book about Nigeria and about immigration and education and race and culture, and I loved it. I this is where I am going to kind of out myself a little bit, and this is why this podcast can be so scary. I have actually not read Life After Life by Kate, Kate Atkinson, but it was very popular when it came out. People raved about it. I think it was fairly award winning. So was um, so was Americana. And so these two books are um, fairly comparable in terms of literary fiction. Um, I will tell you that I voted for Americana because that is the book that I read. And it's a book that lends itself to so many important conversations. And I, when that book came out, I think what I told you and what I told a book club here in town was that this is why we read. Like, this book is evidence of why we read because it made me ask myself some serious questions about race and culture. And so, anyway, Americana would get my vote. Well, I'm going to have to think really long and hard about this one. Um, in the Jones household, the lady of the house reads a lot more than I do. And a lot of times um, she will read and I will ask her, okay, what's the synopsis of the book? And I can tell you she was very happy when she was reading this book. I can mm -hmm. tell whether a book's good by how happy she is and about <laughs> how late she stays up. If she stays up until 2 a.m. reading, then it's probably a good book. So I'm going to go with Americana as well. Okay, this is a matchup that you'll be a little more familiar with, although I think it's really an interesting slash odd, odd choice. The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins versus The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wu. That's right. By um, Juno Diaz. What do you think? I'm going to definitely have to go with The Hunger Games. The thing I like about The Hunger Games is it's kind of sci-fi, and it also 
to me is is an interesting commentary on the nature of humans and it's a good cautionary tale and it also has good you know fighting and you know i love district 11 um being from alabama so i'm gonna have to go with the hunger games well and to be fair that book i think kind of so you we tease all the time I, I won't say you were an avid reader, but when I met you, we were in great books on our college at Faulkner University, mm-hmm. um, and then you went to law school, and I kind of joked that law school made you less of a reader, mm-hmm. because you had to read other things all the time. It also made me have to get glasses. Oh, sure. Um, but what, <laughs> what, what I think is interesting is that The Hunger Games was actually one of the first books I remember you reading for, for fun, for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, after law school. So I would think that that novel, that YA book, has a special place in your heart. It definitely does. And it was after you had read it. And you, I remember you telling me the premise and thinking, man, that sounds really interesting and really kind of edgy. Um, interesting that someone kind of went out on a limb with a book about children and um, what can happen when the, the evil leaders in government get too much power and decide they want to you know, basically throw the kids to the wolves. Um, and after you recommended it, that's when I got into it. So it was it was great. Yeah, and I, that would be my vote for this uh, matchup as well. However, I will say that the um, Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wu was all, uh, was actually a Pulitzer Prize winner, um, and The Hunger Games <laughs> a little bit different categories. Not, different categories. <laughs> um, I enjoyed The Hunger Games. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the other two books in that trilogy. Um, yeah. That was a book that I kind of put off reading because based on its description, I didn't think I would like it. And then the Hunger my, Games. Yeah, and yeah. then my book club read it, and I really enjoyed it. So I would vote for that one, too, but I bet in po- terms of popular vote, um, I bet The Brief Wondrous Life might might have a chance. Okay, now this is the lineup that I... There's at least one matchup in each quadrant, in each region, that I com- am completely baffled by um, because I love both of the books. So All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr versus Room by Emma Donahue. Um, what do you think? I know you liked both of these books. This is what happens when Stephen F. Austin is paired up against West Virginia in the first <laughs> round of the bracket. It's the classic, you know, you, you love both teams, and then when the basketball bracket comes out, they're playing each other in the first round, and you're thinking, what do these sadistic the, people do? Well, the difference is that neither of these books would I count as Stephen F. Austin. <laughs> I know, these are A both, 14 seed. Okay, these fair are enough. both really high-quality right. high books. But, you know, but, but, but teams you don't want to have to have face early right. is what I'm saying. That's true. Um, I, to be honest, I, I, I think I'd go with Room. Um, I think you, you have not read Room, have I, you? I have not. I, I, I know a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah, you I would should. like it. Well, based on the other books that you enjoy, the other fiction books that you enjoy, Room is right up your alley. Yeah. My choice would be All the Light We Cannot See. You love that. I, I love that book. I think it's beautifully written. I enjoyed Room so much, um, but in terms of literary quality or maybe even not quality but staying power i think all the light we cannot see can um can cannot really be beat, beaten um okay and then i'm going to end with this last pairing which again i don't think you'll be as familiar with but you'll be familiar with one of these titles my brilliant friend by elena ferrante versus gone girl by gillian flynn i'm gonna have to go with gone girl um because quite honestly i didn't read the book but I feel like you told me enough about the book. In fact, I mean, you and, and you told me, generally in our family, there's a little uh, problem sometimes because I want Annie to read the book and then tell me about it. She thinks that's cheating, and so she doesn't want to yes, tell me about the book. This book was so interesting to her that she could not help but tell me different things. Yeah. And we, we did go see the movie. Yeah, I saw the movie. Um, 
Well, and I will say one of my, um, I think one thing that I sometimes get prideful about is when I read a book before the hype happens. And I read Gone Girl like the week it came out before I had heard any hype about it. It was before I was involved with book selling at all. So um, I bought it based on the recommendation of um, the former bookshelf manager, Betsy Jones. Um, She worked in Tallahassee and she sold me this book one of the first weeks that bookshelf in Tallahassee was open. And I will stand by Gone Girl. However, I'm very curious about my brilliant friend. Um, That is the start of a book series that everybody is talking about. And I started the first few pages and couldn't get into it. But I've heard that that's kind of how it is, that you just have to dive in. Um, But it takes place in Italy, and so I think I would really enjoy it. Um, it, That may be a book series that I tackled this summer. But as far as um, votes go, I'm going to go with Gone Girl as well. Okay, now we're going to move on into the second region, which is the Royal Library, Um, and we're going to hit a few of these. Um, The first matchup is Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close um, versus Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Um, Both of these books, um, I think, are pretty comparable in terms of quality, but I'm going to vote for Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close because that tackled the subject of September 11th without, to me, being too schmaltzy. I found that to be a very powerful story. Um, That was another great book club selection. So many um, books I would not have read were it not for a book club. And so I have very fond reading memories of Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that one. That's a story that really hits close to home. And, you know, if you're a millennial, it's, you know, really the first really big tragedy of our lives. We all remember where we were. We don't remember JFK getting shot, but we remember... Um, September 11th, 2001. Um, in fact, I, I'm feeling older now because younger kids don't, you yeah. know, they weren't born. And so it's kind of like, wow, it feels like it was yesterday. So I'd, I'd go with that book. Yeah. If you haven't read that one, um, I think that's probably a book that some people think, oh, if I haven't read it, it's too late to read it. Um, but I actually think it's really, it, it would be a beautiful book to read now too. Okay. This is the matchup in this, um, in this region that is difficult for me. Looking for Alaska by John Green versus Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. Again, I don't understand this matchup really <laughs> at all. I mean, I totally respect out of print and the book bracket they're trying to create, but I don't understand this matchup. They're just two very different books to me, which made it harder to vote. Um, but looking for Alaska, Jordan, um, because again, you're looking at me kind of blank stared. Um, this is a YA novel. John Green is a famous YA novelist. I've talked about him a lot. I know about John Green. Okay. He's also the inspector general where I work. Different John Green. Yeah, I think it is. I don't think he, yeah. <laughs> Different John Green. Um, but you, I think, would like looking for Alaska because it takes place in Birmingham, Alabama, where you're from. Oh. Or outside of Birmingham, I believe, at a... At a Um, boarding school, reminiscent of where John Green himself went, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Anyway, it's first John Green book I... No, I'm sorry. It's the second John Green book I ever read. It is the best John Green book I've ever read. However, Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff came out last year. It was up for the National Book Award. It is this fascinating look at marriage. Um, The first half of the book is the man's perspective. The second half of the book is the woman's loved it, can't recommend it enough. Anyway, that would get my vote, Fates and Furies. All right. I'm going to go with the John Green book because it took place in Alabama. Well, and I, there are rumblings. I mean, there have been these rumblings for years that Looking for Alaska will be a movie. And so ah, okay. it would be great. I mean, I will Paper go see Towns it. Paper Towns became a movie, right? It did. Not a great one. Not a great movie. Um, but Looking for Alaska, I have high hopes for because I think that's a better book. I think that was a, an excellent book, so it'll be interesting to see if they turn it into a movie, how that turns out. 
Um, okay, you will really want to speak about this one. Um, this matchup is Water for Elephants by Sarah Gruen versus The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. I know you like Water for El- uh, Water for Elephants, but The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime um, is pr- maybe on my top 20 list of all time. Um, this is why I think you would like Room, by the way. Yeah. But go ahead. The Curious Incident, it, it is a book about, I guess the kid is autistic. Mm-hmm. And... I've never experienced a book quite like this that's told from the perspective of the autistic child. You know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it just, you know, to some extent we all think differently. And if you've ever wondered, wow, I wonder what it would be like to be in someone else's brain. How, how, do, how do they reach that conclusion? This is an excellent book about that. Um, that would get my vote as well. I loved that book when it came out. It's actually on the banned books list. It's been banned in um, different schools for different reasons. Um, but I loved The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And I would like, again, the record to show that I recommended that one to you. Yeah, every book that Annie recommends to me <laughs> is excellent. I do hope. I know I don't you think, well I don't think The Dinner is on here, but that's another oh, that's really good one that yeah. you recommended. Um, okay, so the rest of the matchups in that region are interesting, and I have opinions on a couple of them, including The Art of Fielding, um, which is a book I, I read and loved a few years ago. But um, I don't think you are as familiar with those books, so we're going to move on to The British Library. Mercifully. Yes, you're welcome. Okay, this will be interesting. The Lowland um, versus The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is a really, really interesting story to me, and I don't, I don't really know why. I don't know if it's because it... It's a rebel, kind of a rebel female who, you know, the world, every, it's kind of like the world is against her and she finds a way to kind of rise from the ashes. I, I don't know. Something about that story is just really intriguing to me. I liked The Girl with the Giant Tattoo. I finished that trilogy of books. I enjoyed them when they came out. Um, however, I do not think they're very well written. I... I just, only because I think he could have used an editor. Um, but he died before those books went to publication. And I don't know if like they felt sorry and they just didn't want to didn't want to put them under editorial scrutiny. It's um, translated as well, right? Yes, that it's translated, it. which it certainly, I think in the past few episodes of the podcast, that has come up in a couple of different books I've read that I've just hated. Um, and I've wondered if it's because they're translations of, of right. you know, original language or novels written in different languages. Um, but I honestly think this this book series and that book in particular was just packed with so much detail that you thought was going to matter and then it just those details felt superfluous and so mm-hmm. um, I think I would actually vote for the Lowland up there okay this is another one that I'm going to rave about so the Fortress of Solitude versus Station Eleven I can I'm going to go with Station Eleven because of the way you reacted when you read this. You <laughs> yeah. couldn't talk enough about it. You rec- It's another one that Annie's recommended to me. Um, unfortunately, I'm currently rereading Utopia and just finished Crime and Punishment. So. I keep telling Jordan to please. I, I understand She's trying to get to me to back. branch out. Yes, I understand going back and rereading the great books, but I am so annoyed because there's so much great literature <laughs> out there, and I'm afraid that you think great literature stopped being written hundreds of years ago, and that's not true. Kind of, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Station Eleven would certainly get my vote. In fact, and we'll talk about this in a minute, I'll, I'll talk about what my final four wound up being. Um, but Station Eleven is a book, and this is how I describe it. It is a book that I wish I could reread again for the first time. Like, I wish I could read it again and not know. I just 
I love this book. And um, one of my employees, Chris Jensen, who you'll be hearing on the podcast more frequently, more about that later. Um, but Chris um, is actually going to be teaching um, a course at Florida State this fall. And one of the books he selected to teach is Station Eleven. And I'm so excited for him because I think that's a great, great book. Um, so Station Eleven would get my vote. Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel versus Life of Pi uh, by Jan Martel. I don't know if they did that on purpose. Yeah, I'm... I'm going to have to go with Life of Pi. Um, That's a great book. I mean, again, what a great story. And if you're into kind of fantasy, and also, again, it's kind of like going back to the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime, it's kind of another story where you're seeing it from someone else's. You're seeing a a reality as someone else sees it. Yeah. um, Through storytelling. Very neat story. I... Yeah, I absolutely enjoyed Life of Pi, both the both the book and the film actually. Um, so that would that one got my vote as well. Um, the next one in that uh, category, we're gonna go with the Time Traveler's Wife versus Netherland. I will go with the Time Traveler's Wife for a couple of reasons. That I is, knew it. Well, that is one of the books that um, I talked about. You coming out of law school, but me coming out of undergrad. It is an adjustment to go from reading for coursework all the time to reading Mm -hmm. for fun. And that's part of the reason I started a book club when we lived in Tallahassee. And this was the first, um, actually the second book club choice for that book club. And so I have, again, just really fond memories associated with this book. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It made me feel a lot of things. And so when a book kind of makes me care deeply, mm-hmm. um, I always think that's a good sign. So I would go with The Time Traveler's Wife. I'm not sure literarily how it compares to Netherland, but um, but as far as my fond memories of it and my enjoyment of it, I really liked The Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah, I'll go with The Time Traveler's Wife as well. That's one that I kind of enjoyed by osmosis. Um, yeah, that's another one I when think I, was I in talked the about. Was it when I was in law yeah, school? Yeah, you were okay. in law school. I don't uh, remember much. It's kind of a fog. That is that is a fog. Yeah. Um, okay, and then one last one in that category, um, The Road by Cormac McCarthy versus Atonement by Ian McEwen. Um, my brother is a huge Cormac McCarthy fan, but I'm going to be honest, and again, kind of out myself a little, I have not read Cormac McCarthy, um, but I loved Atonement, and I would recommend it to a wide range of readers, so that one would get my vote as well. This is like my eight and nine seed on the basketball bracket that I don't yeah, really know it could be a coin accurate. flip. Yeah. So because someone that I know and trust went with the nine seed and atonement, I'm going to go with that as well. All right. So moving on to the last um, last region on the bracket. Um, okay. So we've got Department of Speculation by Jenny Ophel versus Belcanto by Ann Patchett. What do you think? I think you should go first on I this one. I think, yeah, I think I should too. Um, well, I'm going to go with Department of Speculation because that is a book that I bought with my quote-unquote book bonds that you got me for my birthday. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Department of Speculation even though I haven't read it yet. Here's why. Um, I have not read Belcanto because I love Ann Patchett's nonfiction and I'm not ready to read her fiction. And so I've heard wonderful things and one day I promise I will read Belcanto, but I have not yet. And so I'm going to vote for Department of Speculation. I'll, I'll go with you on that as well since sure. I work at the Department of State. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, special Topics in Calamity Physics versus Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. Mm, I'll go with Gilead. This is another one that... This is another you, one. The you look just on my guffawed face. over. Guffawed is not the right word. Uh, it's not a funny book. Uh, Guffaw is not the right word. <laughs> Smiled really big. <laughs> yeah, I, because this... Um, and you'll see when we get to my final four. Uh, this is one of my favorite books of the past five to ten years. I think... Wow. I, I think it's beautifully written... Um, an excellent story, 
I remember crying when it was finished because it was beautiful. Um, now I remember you. I remember you crying too. Um, we actually, I was reading this while March Madness was going on a few years ago, um, and I remember crying in a hotel room and you wondering what was wrong with me. And I, I just said, too. "This book is so beautiful because it is." So Gilead by Marilyn Robinson would certainly get my vote there. Okay, then the Lovely Bones by Alice Siebold versus the Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Sloop. <sighs> Lovely Bones. I mean. Well, the, you're movie, base, the movie wasn't good, was but the say, book was, right? I was about to say, you're going to base it on the movie, and yeah. that movie, in my opinion, was terrible. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you that I actually, even though I loved The Lovely Bones, I'm going to go with The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. That's a nonfiction book, and there aren't very many nonfiction titles on, on this particular bracket this year. Um, and it's a nonfiction book that is in, so important to read. It's about, and, and I say this as someone who I read... Um, I read a lot of nonfiction, but it's a certain type of nonfiction, and this got me to kind of step outside my comfort zone. It's a lot about science and DNA. Um, mm. I thoroughly enjoyed this book, and actually, speaking of book recommendations, Jordan, I think you would really like it, and it's probably available in audiobook format, and mm. you would learn so much. You would really enjoy it. That's good to know. So Henrietta, uh, Henrietta Lacks would get my vote. Um, and then The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt versus Cutting for Stone um, by Abraham Verghese. Um... Uh, look, I'm going to go with The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. However, a full disclosure, as I think I have said many times on this podcast, um, it won the Pulitzer. I've not read it. I have read Donna Tartt's The Secret History, and I loved it. And I'm not ready to read The Goldfinch because I loved The Secret History, and I don't... Um, <laughs> you don't want to mess it up yet? Well, Goldfinch got really mixed. It didn't... Uh, I mean, it got really great reviews in terms of critical acclaim. But as far as customers in the bookshelf, it definitely got completely mixed reviews. Interesting. Okay. Um, and, and I want to read it, but I will say it's also pretty daunting size-wise based on mixed reviews. Um, I will read a hefty book, but, but I want it to be worth my time. And, and Goldfinch, I'm not sure. Um, okay, so based on that, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Jordan, based on all the different bracketology and the, how the how my brackets came down, my final four um, books, which were my top four books um, in this year's out-of-print book bracket, were um, All the Light We Cannot See, mm-hmm. Gilead uh, by Marilyn Robinson, Station Eleven, and Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. So those are my final four. Fates and Furies was your sleeper, wasn't it? The one that you didn't know would get there, but it ended up Yeah, maybe so. That might be accurate. Yeah. Um, and then my final two came down to... Do you want to guess based on those um, four? I'm going to say... Um, was Gilead one? Um, no, because... No, because it, it was facing... It was facing... Station Eleven. Yes. Okay, all right. It was facing Station Eleven, and I ultimately chose Station Eleven. Station Eleven versus um, All the Light We Cannot See... And then the book that won in my personal bracket, which is based on nothing other than personal taste, Station Eleven. I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked. That book, and look, and that's up against Gilead and All the Light We Cannot See. Um, in fact, there's a podcast out right now about um, picking three of your favorite books of the past few years, and then you tell the podcast um, host a book you hate, and then she gives you um, a list of books you should read. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably on that list somewhere would be All the Light We Cannot See, Gilead, and Station Eleven. Those are three of my favorite books from the past few years. Um, but Station Eleven would, 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 be my, would be my bracket winner. Um, and in the meantime, you and I are going to be finishing up our basketball brackets. Yes, and... Who's in the lead? Well, Annie is currently in the lead. Uh, <laughs> I picked Michigan State as my champ. They're my favorite basketball team, and they went out to Middle Tennessee State the first round in a probably the biggest upset of all time. 
Um, I actually wanted to to do a little surprise for you. Annie doesn't know this, um, but a little surprise. This is my gift to you on the podcast. <laughs> I counted them up. You have already won. Yes. Yes. This is this is a great matter of pride <laughs> and this in the is Jones household right now. And yes, you you have you have won after just the Sweet Sixteen. Um, you have an insurmountable lead, and we have enough of the same picks going forward. That um, I, boy, I had a horrible year. I mean, talk about you a horrible did. year. But and Annie had a very good year. She was well. I had a great first round. Yeah. Uh, the second day, I had a great last Thursday when the bracket, you know, when the when the game started. I had a great mm-hmm. Thursday, almost perfect. Friday was it was kind of terrible, as I recall, mm-hmm. but not as terrible as yours. Not as terrible as mine. <laughs> I did pick Hawaii, which was a 13 seed, but I also picked Michigan State, a two seed, and they lost. So uh, I got completely creamed this year by everyone that I have bets with. Um, so I'll be back next year. <laughs> well, this is why this is so fun because I love that on the Venn diagram of Jordan and Annie, our um, interest in books and basketball crosses over. Yeah, and, I think and, and there are a lot of other things too. Well, yes, but, but this is a, this is a I good. I think one. that's kind of fun. So yeah. thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, um, and thank you guys for listening. You can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also follow. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bookshelf Teville or on Facebook at Bookshelf Thomasville. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. One shining moment. Da, 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 da.